Evening, everyone. Welcome to the People's School for Marxism-Leninism Studies. Today is December 21st, 2023. Our subject tonight will be Soviet holiday cartoons, and also we will have a brief section on the history of holiday celebrations within the USSR. Um, before we begin really quickly, though, Comrade Secretary um, Angelo, do you have any opening remarks? No, just want to welcome everybody this holiday season. And I hope you enjoy tonight's class, which is basically Soviet uh, animation. Thank you. So we'll be breaking down tonight's class in a couple of uh, sections. We'll first do holiday celebrations before the revolution. Then we will explore a variety of cartoons before, during, and after the Great Patriotic War. And then cartoons after 1953 will be our final section. So to start off tonight, we're going to be showing a cartoon from 1948. This is called The New Year's Tree. And while this is a cartoon that does outline the basic ideas of the holiday in the Soviet Union, it is also ideological because it goes over the achievements of the Soviet Union as Father Frost um, basically confronts a wood elf to find the perfect tree for New Year's. Please enjoy. Старик попал в беду. Ну где же я ее найду? Ты спроси у месяца. Он скажет обязательно. Пусть только в тучке свесится и поглядит внимательно. Пожалуй, верно. Но и зайка, спасибо, милый лапку, дай-ка. Месяц, месяц круторогой. Укажи пути дороги. Может, видишь ты оттуда? Может, знаешь понаслышке, 
где найти весное чудо елку золотые шишки? Вон идет медвежий след, по нему и топай, дед. Не сходи со следа зверьего и упрешься прямо в дерево. Ну, спасибо за указку, за внимание и за ласку. Рад уважить старика. Берегись лесовика! Летит дальная птица по звездным небесам. Я должен появиться к двенадцати часам. С двенадцатым ударом настанет Новый год. Моторы я недаром пустил на полный ход. Крутит мотор на полный ход. Летит старицу Новый год. Вот уж действительно... Красавица! Мне почему-то здесь не нравится. Не бойтесь, души заячьи! А вот не пропадем! Чьи это шутки? Знаю чьи! А ты ужасно смелый, не трус подумаешь, а сам со страху белый. Теперь моя красавица. Скажи, седая борода, зачем пожаловал сюда? Шутить с тобой мне не досужно. Знаешь сам, чего мне нужно? Да уж, конечно, знаю сам. Обдай же тут ей. Дай, не дам. Ты лежи, все-таки чудак. Мы просим елку не за так. За эту елку Дед Мороз тебе диковинку принес. Подумаешь, какая честь. Да у меня почище есть. А ну-ка, Мишка, выволакивай из-под коряги ларчик лаковой. Давай, старик, поборемся. Давай, старик, поспоримся. Чё чудо почудеснее, чё диво интереснее. И тот, кто одолеет, пусть елочкой владеет. Идет? Идет. Пойди сюда, гляди, седая борода. Что скажешь? Хорошо ли чудо? Да так не хорошо, не худо. Теперь, брат леший мой черед, теперь посмотрим, чья берет. Ладно, леша, нос не реже. Сам сказал, поборемся, сам сказал, поспоримся. Сам себя и виновать. Надо елку отдавать. Да и старик уже больно скор. Погоди, не кончен спор. Чтобы было справедливо, посмотри второе диво. Видишь, едет печь с трубой. 
без колес, само собой. Слава, кирпичи, греют спин, кирпичи. Хорошо, да не козиста, по козисти будет киста. Елка не твоя еще. Глянь, летит царевич Ваня на ковре летающем. На ковре, хоть небеса. Это точно чудеса. Спорить мне с тобой грешно. Только выглядит смешно. Это чудо отдала. So Christmas and uh, New Year's celebrations began in the area of Russia around the Tsarist period with the acceptance of Vlad I of Christianity. Um, there were other older uh, traditions as well that got mixed in. Um, 
Desmores and other um, fables were mixed in with that. With an Orthodox Christianity, Easter was considered the more important holiday as to Christmas, and New Year's was not recognized until briefly um, Russia was on the Gregorian calendar with uh, Peter I. Trees were not used in holiday celebrations back then, as the pine tree was actually considered to be a sign of death in early Russia. In 1817, funnily enough, Tsar Nicholas I's wife from Prussia um, brought a pine tree into the palace. Um, the Germanic tradition had more the idea of the tree, and that was kind of how the use of the tree spread gradually throughout both Europe and the States. Uh, next slide. So 100 years, funnily enough, after bringing a tree into the Winter Palace, the Bolsheviks brought the October Revolution. Initially, December 25th was a commissal, Communist Youth League holiday, um, but in 1928, the holiday itself was dropped entirely. But in 1935, Joseph Stalin brought the idea of the tree back, and this time it was linked to New Year's and as a secular holiday. So the original blue seven-pointed stars that had sat atop imperial trees were now replaced by the iconic red five-pointed star. Um, it became a civic celebratory holiday, one that was emphasized by the ticking of the clock, bubbles, hymns of the Soviet Union, the exchange of gifts, big parties, and the meeting of family. You can kind of see in a picture here, you got uh, both uh, Joseph Stalin and Molotov in a uh, children's New Year's card photo right there. So very briefly, we will break for a first round of discussions. Um, yeah. How, um standardized was that throughout the soviet union and to what extent if at all were there celebrations in the muslim majority republics so it was pretty standardized throughout new throughout most of the soviet union as a new year's as new year's was kind of a secular holiday and also marked a new beginning every time um, I honestly do not know how much more these days um, it's celebrated within some of the Muslim areas like in Tajikistan or Turkmenistan, but I do know that New Year's, at least throughout for most of the former republics, is still a very important holiday, even though some also do now celebrate Christmas as well. Uh, this is according to uh, the presentation in 1948. Um, a lot of stuff is like black and white still. Is animation just the exception during that time period where it's in color? I mean, it, it's good for the time, but I'm just curious um, about that. It would kind of depend, I would suppose. Um, a lot of the newsreels and other stuff from around the 40s, and especially during the war itself, were in black and white. Um, I'm not entirely sure what resources the animation studio in Moscow had when they made this, but this was around 1948 and a celebration of the new um, holiday itself. And honestly, I would also see it as kind of a pep up from after the last, shoot, five, eight years that was going on before this. So um, I'm not yeah. really 100% on the what went on behind the making of this but um yeah i i say that because the animation itself for its time period looks amazing uh it's pretty good honestly when we were researching this class we also came across some stuff that looked like oh 
20 a decade 20 years earlier this is where disney got its uh or even maybe hayao miyazaki got their inspiration for for some of the movements um and in fact later we'll be showing a um section from the nutcracker where you can kind of see oh this is where um disney got its inspiration for fantasia <laughs> two quick uh, two questions real quick um the first one is uh so where did we find these and is it possible to uh, access them ourselves so that we can watch them sometime later? So all these cartoons have been sourced from YouTube. We are also in the active process of collecting an archive of Soviet cartoons to be put um, online within the uh, Leninists.org website. Um, we are still working to get that all up. Um, there were basically just found on YouTube. Um, you could probably still find them if you look right now. And I just think that we want to preserve it. So we just wanted to make sure to have them, but that's, that's about it. Uh, you, that everything that YouTube. we found so far is just YouTube for cartoons. Okay. Um, and then my second question real quick was, I guess, trying to figure out the theme of that cartoon where for, to my interpretation was it trying to just say how like progress is i don't know i was give, picking up some sort of soviet themes from it but what was the uh intended theme of that cartoon was it about how like progress and industrialization is like the future or something I don't know. That's just my interpretation. I'm wondering what other people were picking up on. So, as Father Frost had said in it, the foundations of the fables of old do make do make for gold for making the new. Um, this cartoon itself was more kind of taking that holiday tradition from a religious perspective and kind of putting a more secular on it, because as Father Frost showed the forest, uh, Wood Elf, this is what the people want, a modern society a modern socialist society and look at the marvels of this modern society as compared to what a stove that you kind of shuffle along on the ground um your automobiles subway cars trains um the whole works of it so it was not necessarily industrialization is the future but this is the future this is here's some of the thoughts and stories of the past and here's how we're tying them to the future for a new secular humanist society uh society that is the soviet union um if anyone's got a better answer than that please go ahead i was just gonna say that i also appreciated the tales of old are still of gold line and the sort of duality of that of modern advancement with you know more classic traditional inspiration um, but also with the animation, you know, Disney most likely did copy a lot of this. Miyazaki was openly inspired by it. Like, he he regularly talked about how Soviet films influenced his works. Cameron had asked a question on the Greek Orthodox and other um, church influences within the Russian Federation. Um, is there, during the time of the Soviet Union, was there any other influence of the Orthodox Church and after? If you could elaborate on that a little bit. <clears throat> there was cultural. There really wasn't 
track, the New Year's, as your movie will show tonight's class, New Year's took over Christmas in Soviet society. Um, if there are no other hands, we will return to the presentation. Um, our next set of cartoons tonight are going to be dealing um, with right after the Russian Revolution in the 20s. So these cartoons will be in black and white and mostly be based off kind of the cartoons of the time where you have pictures and then music in the background. Um, but our first one here is called Soviet Toys. This was made in 1924, and this was an imagination of, from a religious perspective, how would a secular holiday look like? Please enjoy.
Okay. The second film we'll show tonight from the earlier period is called Interplanetary Revolution. This film, I think, is quite interesting because it also shows um, the idea of what could happen in 1929, as the authors had said, but it also shows uh, some of the ideas of Soviet futurism that had uh, taken place back in the 1920s. So please enjoy.
And with that, we will break for our next round of discussions. In the uh, video, the uh, Soviet toys one, like uh, what did the uh, dead church and the living church represent? So I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm supposing based off of it, um, the dead church looked like a uh, Orthodox clergyman while the living church almost looked like a Jesuit priest. So maybe yeah, in that I, sense, if yeah, someone's uh, got a better idea than me. And who are the uh, the other person that came in to help the, uh, like, I think the first person who was trying to kick the capitalist stomach, well, I think that was like a worker, was like the second person uh, represent the peasantry or something? So, yes, there were the characters of the capitalist. You had the dancer, female. You had the living, the dead church. You had the worker with the hammer, the peasant. If you When you saw the peasant come on, the peasant actually had a sickle on their hands so kind of symbolizing that and then you had the red guard with symbolized by the uh, people with the star hats okay so. thanks yes um my favorite thing is that they always depict the capitalists as these pig-like fat beasts i fucking love it oh sorry i just love it so much how you know the porky meme of today goes back to these roots it's part of our history and traditions and cultures of being communists so, yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, I had a question about the Soviet toys. I was wondering if um, the person with the spinning mouth that said something about an advertisement, and I was like, was there an advertisement in that? I was a little bit confused. I'm thinking you know that I mean? might have been an advertisement for the film studio that made the short, because it was a very okay. short thing, and you had the guy with the glasses and the black and white. and then yeah, the rotating mouth, yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Like that, but this wasn't an actual character of the. Thank you, uh, sorry, I showed up a bit late. I completely lost track of time, but I showed up at the perfect time because I gotta say, uh, interplanetary revolution has got to be one of my favorite Soviet silent films. It always, it always makes me laugh at how, like, as Comrade mentioned, it kind of resembles like the modern meme imagery. So yeah, that's that's all I wanted to say. Um, why did they need to, like, hang the dancer? So, um, if you notice at the end, the only person that had a noose around their neck was the capitalist. For the rest of them, for the tree, there was, like, a little hook that came behind each of them, almost like they were little ornaments. Um, so, honestly, though, I am not 100% sure why they did that with the dancer. I Maybe it was something to do with just the entertainment industry. Yeah, I think it has to do with just poking fun at people who support the capitalists. Like, just put them in shame or something. I don't know. I'm just interpreting art. But yeah, the Soviets did kind of make the first Chad versus Virgin memes. <laughs> just saying. Thank you. Um, If there is no other hands... Uh, we will move on. So the next uh, shorts will be look uh, cartoons we'll be looking at are will be from the 1940s. Um, a lot of these have to do with the subject of the Great Patriotic War, and then one is based off the 800 year founding of Moscow, but it does have a very interesting section about the 1905 and the um, Great October Revolution. So we will go on to our next section. So this was a um, 
in the similar vein of the newsreels that were kind of going on for how people went to the cinemas to find out the news of the day. This is somewhat in that similar vein, and this is What Hitler Wants, 1941. Хлеб у колхозников отнять. Хочет заводы буржуям отдать. Хочет землю усеять гробами. Хочет свободных сделать рабами. Получит втрое за каждый удар. Десятки пожаров за каждый пожар. Получит штык, огонь и свинец. Получит фашизма бесславный конец. And so this next one is called A Farce in Three Acts. Once again, please enjoy. Сейчас веселым представлением я вас, товарищи, займу. Мои излишние объяснения. Смекнете сами, что к чему. Слышу, Адольф, слышу. 
Ты знаешь, Наполеон, я хочу завоевать весь мир. Слышал, Адольф, слышал. Я пришел получить твое благословение и твой этот совет. Ох, Адольф, пока не поздно, ложись рядом со мной. And the third one we'll be showing, this was originally debuted for the 800th anniversary of the founding of Moscow, um, but it also goes back to some of its earlier histories, but I've cut it to, it goes over some interesting spots of the 1905 revolution through the Great October Revolution and the Great Patriotic War. Please enjoy. Центр событий. Снова запылала Москва, но уже пламенем грозного 1905 года. года последний монарх подворял на Руси мир и благоденствие.
рабочего класса не прекращалось. год. Партия Ленина-Сталина привела народ к Великой Октябрьской Социалистической Революции. Девятьсот сорок первый год. Немецкие полчища рвались к Москве. И вся наша страна, затаив дыхание, слушала великого Сталина. Пусть вдохновляет вас в этой войне мужественный образ наших великих предков. Александра Невского, Дмитрия Донского, Кузьмы Минина, Дмитрия Пожарского, Александра Суворова, Михаила Кутузова. Пусть осенит вас Победоносное знамя Великого Ленина. А бой идет. И битым немцам вдоль дорог завалены канавы. Забыл, как звать моя Москва. Забыл, как петь Москва моя. Нет, ты возьми ее сперва, Москву-то, вещь упрямая, непобедимой головой. Москва, над той рекой Москвой, стоит, гудит та самая.
Ты наша молодость, наша слава. И город Ленина приветствует тебя. И от всей, всей, всей необъятной советской страны Тебе, матушка, Москва наша, именинница, любовь и поклон. for another round of discussion. <clears throat> yes, I really like how they depicted Hitler as this freakish goon that looks... <laughs> they just made fun of him in an artistic way, and I love it. I love it. And the Mos Moscow... um, What was the animation? was really good. Thank you. Yeah, uh, that uh, introduction to the like Hitler sketch, like that sort of looked like Charlie Chaplin and like Abbott uh, that uh, other the fact I like Abbott or Costello and uh, com combined and uh, it's interesting that they like portray uh, Hitler as very fat, but like usually he's portrayed as very thin in the Western media or or just moderate size. I personally found the Moscow film to be rather interesting as with the 1905 revolution, um, they showed how the workers were slaughtered in the streets and the current flag of the czar was the flag of Russia today with that double-headed eagle. So beloved by um, the heads of state there. Yeah, I just wanted to say how... Uh... On how, in various ways, uh, these animations, they truly uh, displayed very clearly how unbelievably livid uh, the uh, the Russian people, the, the whole Russian uh, collective, both the government and uh, uh, the common citizen were uh, uh, towards the invasion, just the unbelievable amount of anger and contempt uh, for what was um, happening at that time, 1941. Um, I, also, uh, I also wanted to mention that of the last one, uh, Mos Moscow 1941, that, that one reminded me a lot of DPRK propaganda in a really positive way. It was, uh, uh, they, they knew how to incite certain feelings in you. Um, I felt patriotic for a country I never even stepped foot in. You know what I mean? Just looking at that film. Um, that's all I have to say, really. Um, and if anyone didn't catch it, uh, the song that was playing when they had the strike back against the Germans part from towards the end of it. That was uh, the sacred war was being played in the background there. So I thought that was a rather nice touch to it there. I forgot to mention uh, when they were listing uh, the names, uh, 
in, in the last film uh, about Moscow, when they were mentioning the names, uh, Dmitry Donskoy, um, uh, Alexander Nevsky, all, all of those names, um, that was an excerpt from a real Stalin speech. That was when, uh, when uh, the Germans were about 12 kilometers uh, just west of uh, Moscow, and they were right on the brink. And uh, at the time of Stalin, um, there, there was a military parade and Stalin made a very, he deliberately, he seems very uncharismatic and very, you know, poker faced, but he did it deliberately so as not to seem desperate because the, the, the situation was pretty serious. But um, it, it was said that right after that military parade, the soldiers were sent direct, directly to the front, just directly, directly westward. Um, so I, I, found, I found that to be fascinating how they... Uh, you take straight from Stalin's mouth there. That's all I have to say. Went directly to the front line and they drove the Germans back hundreds of kilometers. <laughs> um, if there are no other hands, um, we'll move on to our final section tonight. Um, our last section tonight is on post-1953 Soviet cartoons. Um, while there is still some ideology within these, there is also, you may notice there is a starting to be a slight departure from ideology. Um, but the first one we'll be showing is not really ideological per se. Um, it is a animated rendition of the Nutcracker and we'll be doing a small part out of it. Thank you. 
And the final one we'll show is going to be part of, we'll show part of it since we're running short on time, but it's called Millionaire. And you'll notice a slight subtle difference between uh, some of the themes behind the earlier ones and this one. Please enjoy. жила. Богатая старуха внезапно умерла. Остался без хозяйки угрюм и одинок, такой же, как хозяйка, породистый бульдог. Старуха племянников родных, а также по закону наследников иных. деньги у кошек и собак. Но стал 
Миллионер, осиротевший пес. И стал еще курносей. Его курносый нос. Квартира в самом центре, на пятой авеню. Шеф-повар составляет на каждый день меню. На завтрак отбивные. Бифштексы на обед. На ужин фрикадельки, сардины и паштет. Он ездит на курорт. Здоровье бережет. По средам парикмахер под бокс его стрижет. Есть у бульдога вилла и новый кадиллак. И шипы у портного собачий черный фраг. Согласно завещанию, живет при нем слуга. Он ездит с ним на скачке, на гонке, на бегал. Огни реклам над городом пылают, как пожар. Пес едет развлекаться в ночной шикарный бар. Unfortunately, we are short on time. I do strongly recommend look up that video on YouTube. It's quite excellent. Um, but basically, in the end, it talks about how the bulldog gets in with the bankers, uh, becomes a politician, gives his views on the day, whines about Sputnik, and becomes a senator. And this is what crooked money gets you as the ending. And we will finish tonight with, with the International... Thank you for watching this full-length class from the People's School for Marxist-Leninist Studies. For more information or to join our free classes, visit our website, check out our YouTube, Listen to our streams on Spotify and chat with us on Reddit.